Recording again. Okay, Davey, listen to this. I met Tony Kaiomi, who founded Black Sabbath. He was very clear and very specific in saying to me that he was totally inspired in the creation of that band and the work they did by many of the films that he'd seen me in, hmm. which is a wonderful thought. Because after all, Black Sabbath, one of the greatest metal bands ever. Uh, yeah. All right, so do you know who that was? Do you recognize the voice? Yes. All right, it's Christopher Lee, right? Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Uh, he has a heavy metal album that just came out like last month. No, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty spectacular. Um, well, he is Count Dooku. Yeah. No, or he's not. Yeah, he's Count Dooku. The, uh, the album is called Charlemagne, The Omens of Death. <laughs> and apparently this is not the first time that, uh, that he's had like a heavy metal album. Did Peter Cushion ever collaborate with his heavy oh metal music? Oh, God, wouldn't that be amazing? I don't know. I'll Peter go. Cushion on drums! Yeah, I just stumbled across this. It's, uh, if I can find some, like a clip of some of the music. Just... Sophia, the name of Charlemagne. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Is this on iTunes? Uh, no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't see that coming, yeah. did you? So, uh, Saruman, uh, Count Dooku, uh, Willy Wonka's father. <laughs> yeah, and now Charlemagne. He, the, I Dracula. Guess the, you know. the, the album is about the story of Charlemagne, and uh, who Christopher Lee says that is he's descended from. So, that's his... Uh, really? Yeah. That's Charlemagne? What, that's what he says. So. <laughs> um, I, I, what... Of course, he's a heavy metal fan. I yeah, mean, yeah. that makes complete sense. Um, I think that's amazing. I yeah. think that's really cool. So, um, all of you guys out there listening, um, yeah, Google it. Look it up. So, it's there's a whole like nine minute documentary about it on um, YouTube right now. So, I I don't I can't recommend it high enough. You know, Christopher Lee is probably when he plays his heavy metal, he plays them on old style phonograph phonograph oh, sure record does. players. Those you cylinders. Know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, creaky, scratchy stuff. He's ninety one. Ninety one last Monday, by the way. Wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. The oldest heavy metal frontman in the world. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to uh, Headspace Invaders. Welcome back. This is episode four, A New Location. <laughs> We're on location today at the High Dive Lounge, 1411 West 39th Street. They've been gracious enough to let us use their space. In Kansas City, Missouri. KC Um Yeah, so, um, yeah, welcome back. Uh, yeah. It's been um, a few weeks since... Uh, maybe two, maybe. Maybe two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Since you put the last one up. But we have another one. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. We, it'll yeah. all figure itself out once sure. we get all these up. Yeah, absolutely. Continuity-wise. Yeah. And we like to think that we make these Headspace Invaders and uh, episodes, you know, with slight continuity, but you can always jump in where you want. Absolutely. The pool is always warm yeah. and always inviting. You don't necessarily have to have listen to all these. Right. And it's not like point. Lost. You don't have to see one and then see the next one and then see the next one. You can listen to these out of order. Possibly like Lost, though. You should probably have watched the last one first so then not have wasted four or five years uh, of your yeah, time. Watch the first one and the last one and then you and decide what you want to fill it with. Close the yeah. book on that. Yeah. We saw some films. Yeah, we did. We recently. kicked off our some bumper summer movie showcase 
with um, Iron Man 3. Right, did a little bit of work. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And Iron Man 3. Uh, what are your thoughts? Mm, after mulling it over my head, not a fan. Not a fan. La- uh, my least favorite, for sure. I mean, I still enjoy the experience, you know, because it's a huge blockbuster. It's got Iron Man in it, <laughs> yeah, superheroes right. and stuff. And of course, I love that. But definitely the worst of the three. I think they went in ascending order. One, two, three. Being the first one, the best one. Second one, the second best one. Third one, the least best one. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I, I, I think I probably like this one a little more than the second one, but I'm, I, I, I'm still on the fence with it. But I definitely agree the first one was the best one. You know, I got fished in by the, which happens a lot, actually. The trailer fished me in. The trailer made me think it was going to have more weight than it did. I honestly thought maybe we were going to see some of the alcoholism that Tony Stark has struggled with throughout sure. his years. I thought maybe we are going to see some real character development, and we didn't really ever get there. It always just seemed... You know, he was bent on revenge for his buddy, uh, Happy, and then, and then of course you had the whole bit with the with the Mandarin, which just kind of really took the legs. It deflated him for sure when I you thought. found out that um, I didn't know what was, was going on. I thought it was a, yeah, English was, actor. It was in Bizarro World for a second. I thought like did they leave this in by mistake or yeah? I mean, I, I kept waiting for like you know towards the end for Ben Kingsley to come back and be like, ah, oh, see, I fooled you. You know, I was acting. As like an idiot, you know, like I completely had you fold and here's, you know, me and my ten rings of power. Uh, a couple things, I I think you could go on any any blog, any news site and whatever, and you're going to hear the same things. You're going to hear the same right. problems, the same people having the same, you know, kind of reaction and responses. Uh, a few things I liked about it was I liked at the opening scene at the party, um, him being introduced and then brushing off the guy that basically repaired his heart in the first Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, that it was, was cool. It was like just a, you know, completely yeah. under the radar. Um, that was cool. Um, I think for all his faults, Ben Kingsley was great. I mean, it, yeah. he did the best with the role he was given, and I thought he, I thought he did a really good job. I mean, see, you know, because he, he had to act two different sides. I mean, he did, you know, acting as the Mandarin and then as the, you know, the actor himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I thought he was great. It wasn't his fault that, you know, they took it in the direction that they did. No. Um, I thought that it fell victim to that comic book trilogy man like where it's like number three it's like they feel like they got to jam as much into it as they can it was overkill i mean trying to do the extremists throwing aim into there throwing the hulkbuster armor in there i mean there was just it was too much like pick one thing and do it well uh i feel like um the iron man 3 was a standalone in the whole you know phase one phase two whatever it was just it, it it was almost kind of an island except for like the ptsd moments where they alluded back to the Avengers, you know, I mean, you you kept wondering the entire movie, where's Shield? Why isn't Shield like, you know, obviously there's a known terrorist out there. Why, are, you know, weren't they have a more a, a bigger presence? But right, and um, then you said it, you're, yeah. I mean, the, the the trilogy thing is obviously a major problem, and that's probably goes without saying for most films. Yeah, and, I mean, X Men you know, Three was victim of oh it. Uh, Spider Man Three was, was a victim I mean, of it, which you know? was just brutal. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they just crammed all those characters, like, and Venom should have had his own film. Never yeah. mind being a kind of offshoot, offshoot kind of yeah. of the Sandman story versus a Green Goblin, Green Goblin story, story, a Hobgoblin story. I mean, it was just way too much. And yeah. the same thing I felt happened to this one. I just disappointed and I, I don't know if we'll make another one will he make another he might just make Avengers films from now on I don't know yeah I'm sure it's going to make a ton of money but oh know. it is it did it already did it was the second best opening movie ever I right. mean it's you know um, which m- makes me wonder like how much money like Superman can make I mean that's 
It's gonna be huge. How much money is Star Trek making right now? How much money? Yeah. Well, speak. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get back to that. I, but I, I mean, yeah. I'm. I mean, I still like Robert Downey Jr. I still I, yeah, like the Tony Stark character. I still like that. It's not annoying yet. I mean, I think though, they need to be. If they knew a fourth, they need to be really careful. It could become kind of annoying, but it, it still has enough for me to definitely want to see. I know that they want to do it, but I would hope that they almost, you know kick it up a notch and just let's let's see some of the let's see more character driven stuff and less flashbang wallop shite yeah, you know yeah i agree well it's hard to do with iron man i mean because it is kind of mm-hmm. flashbang wallop right. i mean that's what iron you know that's what you want to see that's with, what you thought with the that's with, what you want to see with a militarized suit right with the mandarin i thought well how maybe they're going to do that and you know it, it like i said the ad that the the teaser trailers really really hooked me into to experience accepting or expecting a different experience than i got yeah. and 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 that's the studio's fault. I blame those yeah. bastards. But, but you know, but, I don't know. We'll I, I thought everybody did a good job. I think Gwen Paltrow did a good job. I think RDJ did a good job. I think Guy Pierce killed it. Yeah, um, he's always. I mean, good they, they did great. They did great with what they had. Um, I I personally would like to see more like standalone. I'd like to see more episodes. You know, it's going to be hard to do because they're trying to keep it in this continuum, this Marvel continuum right. that everyone's expecting it to be tied together with, like that stinger at the end. You know, it was just kind of... I was so throwaway. It, it, it was just kind of wah-wah. You know, it's like right. after the, the... I think because of the response they got with the shawarma scene in the Avengers and how people thought it was funny and it was right. great. And it was. But it was good because, you know, if they had just left it at that at the end of Avengers, I think people would like, well, okay. But they already had that, that pre-teaser, that pre-stinger with Thanos. And right. so you kind of got that, all right, you know, I got that anticipation feeling. And then the shawarma scene was just like a bonus. But I think they they tried to do that again with this yeah. one, but they didn't give us anything to like. Then they, they weren't stringing us along. Well, maybe right. we should call it a stringer instead of stinger, right? Because you know, it does it, it gets built anticipation for the future. Yeah, I think but. the swarm scene kind of humanized them a little bit, and I think that was funny because Josh Whedon's funny. I mean, he his films and the stuff he does generally tend to be injected with humor, and it, yeah. he uses that really well. You know, the best bit in that whole Avengers film was Hulk and Loki. You know when, you know. Oh Loki yeah, he has this grandiose moment where he goes, oh, "I'm a god," and the whole beat, you know, just just smashes the shite out of him. Yeah. And that was the best bit in the whole film, and you know, like Joss Whedon's good at that. And then he humanized the characters in the end with the shawarma thing and made it like, "Oh, that's funny." And you know, right. what, what would they do after? You know, they saved the world from aliens from a different dimension. You know what I mean? Right, well, of yeah. course they got, yeah, you know, of course they're gonna go. Eat so, but this, yeah. and it's kind of like like you said, they just tried to ape that. Almost yeah. at the end of Iron Man three with the you know with that bit and it was just you know it was just it didn't need to be in there it didn't do anything for the film it just I was like oh I had to wait for the whole credits for that and it wasn't worth it you know yeah. okay Mark Ruffalo's there well yeah what so okay so Iron Man you know we I I left I I, I left the theater kind of happy you know I was like okay I'm gonna have to mull this over a little bit yeah. it was fine it was an Iron Man movie which made me happy that it existed you know um, right but yeah I, I think. I was a little let down the more I thought about it. I was like, wow, I wish they hadn't yeah. crammed so much shit in there. I wish they hadn't pulled a fast one on us with the Mandarin. Because right. that's a character now that, that a legitimate villain in the Marvel Universe that they're going to have to try. You know, it's going to take a lot of work to kind of reinvent that. They never will. And they He's kind of gone. did that already with the Ten Rings. You know, like the Ten Rings being in the first one and then the Ten Rings being in the second one. You know, it's 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 an organization, not actual Ten Rings of power. Not Ten right. physical rings of power. So, right. um, you yeah. know, I think I'm right there with it. I... I left thinking that was good. Uh, it was uh, I took my son, so it was always nice. I was like it's great fun going to f- film to him because he's seven and he gets into it. And it was the second time he'd actually seen it, so oh, wow. uh, which was nice of him to go with me. But and I, so I had an enjoyable experience for the most part. 
Um, but in retrospect, I was like, I went off it as every day ticked on. I was like, uh, I yeah, like the, the more less you thought less. about it, the more it set in. The more, you know, yeah, it just and, festered. You know, Marvel, they, you know, they, they, they fucked up some stuff. You know. Oh yeah, no, we've over been fucked over more than you know, like then. the Fantastic Four stuff. Still. That oh, by goes, the way, I know a guy who has a copy of the um, Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Have you ever let's, seen it? No, I know. Let's see that. Yeah, let's see it together. Okay. Let's see it together and, <laughs> and, and riff track it. Um, okay, let's but, definitely do that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, look, Fantastic Four, those two films, you know. Oh, you had an experience. I did. Well, I did it at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. You. Um, I did. You it alluded to it a little bit, but I, I mean. Well, it's it's this whole. Uh, you know, there's certain cinemas around here, and they're getting, people are getting better. I think, like even in, at the local multiplexes, they have the whole like, okay, turn off your cell phones. The light's not even good for the camp for the screen. You know, don't even take it out and tweet. So, and I find that hard to do because I want to tweet sometimes too if I see something that I think is cool. But sure. I obviously want not to ruin the experience for anybody and right. try and key into the film as much as I can. So, um, you know, so like I said, even multiplexes are kind of getting on people about, okay, you know, be quiet, don't talk. Alamo do a great job oh, of yeah. saying they'll kick you out and they're kind of aggressive about it. And I like that a lot. Yep. Um, but I, I did have an experience. Uh, and it, this kind of leads me to, there's um, two great, our great film critic, critic Dr. Mark Kermode, who uh, him and Simon Mayo have the, on BBC Radio 5 Live, they have um, a weekly um, uh, uh, movie critic show. And it's funny. They're really funny. Um, Kermode, I think, is brilliant. He's written a couple of books, which I've read both. And they're both funny and engaging. And, you know, he had this whole thing about Werner Herzog where he... If you ever YouTube Werner Herzog getting shot in the Hollywood Hills, it's he's with Mark Kermode. And it actually happens. Okay. Werner Herzog gets shot with an air gun when he's in an interview with Mark Kermode. So, um, but they have... They came up with this cinema code uh, of etiquette. So basically, it's... Um, it's... Uh, it's like the do's or the not really the do's and don'ts, more more just the don'ts do in a cinema. So they sure. call it the code of conduct. Okay. And um, and this is what it is. This is how it reads. It reads. Now some of these I don't agree with. It says no eating. Oh, eh, come on. Yeah. Now they, they they talked about that no eating, and then I'm like, well, as long as it's as soft as a pillow. Yeah. So if you want to eat chips, don't crunch them. Suck right. Them. Okay. So no eating, which I don't necessarily agree with. No slurping. Okay, that's just rude. Right. And no rustling. Okay, no irresponsible parenting. That's a big one. Okay. Um, no hobbies. So while you're in there, no knitting. No knitting. Like that. Right, sure. And no talking. Obviously, that's a main one. I have a friend who's like the talking cinema Nazi. Yeah, we all have those. And he just yells at people, like two rows down. Shut up! You know. I, right. I, I don't think I could do right. that. For one, I don't want to get stabbed. And he lives in New York, which you possibly could get stabbed in if sure. you do that. But yeah, he doesn't care. Uh, no talking, no cell mobile phone usage, of course. That's that's obvious. a major one. Yeah. No kicking of seats, for sure. No arriving late. No shoe removal. <laughs> and that's where their code of conduct ends. Okay. Now my beef is, and literally beef being the appropriate word here, no fucking farting. It's like I went to see Iron Man three with my son, and I would say throughout the film, especially in the last forty-five minutes or so. Someone around us, and I know who he was, was letting the worst farts I've ever smelled in my life. Like something had crawled up his arse and died in there. I reached, I looked over at my son at one point and go, is that you? Are you doing that? Are you doing that, son? And he goes, doing what? And I go, are you farting? And he goes, no, daddy, it's not me. And just laughed at me. Right. And I go, right. So it's not him. We're in almost, not the front row, but we're in that 
partition walkway part. So we are in a front row, but then there's another four or five extra rows in front of us. Yeah. So the guys behind me are too far away. It's the guy on my left. He's a bigger gentleman. Yeah. And he was eating quite a lot throughout the first half of the film. Seriously. It's like, when you, don't do that when you're sitting so close. The, the theater was packed. Don't do that when you're sitting so close to people. It's disgusting. It's rude. And what the, does he think? I'm not going to notice. I mean, does he just think, I can let squeak this one out as long as no one hears well, it. Yeah, I'm after fine. the first one, you know what's happening. You're like, right, okay, and you continue to, to do it. Like, go take a shit, man. The film wasn't that good. You couldn't leave for five minutes right. and take a dump. You don't do that in airplanes. At least I don't. I mean, I hold all that. And I go transatlantically quite a bit. And I hold all that in because I don't want to be a, the rude a-hole sure. that farts and, you know, and has someone else's shit go up their nose. Or, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. So I would say in, in our cinema uh, code of conduct, that is my number one thing. No farting. Don't number fart one. in the cinema. Don't fart in the cinema. Don't yeah. blow gas. Don't do that. It's... It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, don't talk with your ass. Please. So no yeah. talking. So yeah. no talking, and then in parentheses, with your arsehole either. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was my uh, Iron Man. That was so maybe that experience. spoiled it for me too, sure. I guess. This movie really stinks. Yeah. <laughs> should put that on the trail. Yeah, they probably should. So um, anyway, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at HSpaceInvaders. And then also... Um, well, if you've downloaded this, you've probably been led to our website, which is www.headspaceinvaders.net. Yes. And so thank yeah. you very much for doing that and yeah. for listening. And we, we are on iTunes, but it's Headspace Invaders, Headspace Invaders, Headspace Invaders is what you have to type in. Is it three times or is it just twice? It's two. Let's try try two times. If that doesn't work, try three I, times. Uh, I met a guy that actually subscribed to us, subscribes to us on iTunes. Um, he came to the bar a couple weeks ago and was like, uh, hey, yeah, I listened to your last podcast and we talked about it for two seconds. And I asked him, I was like, just out of curiosity, where, are you, where did you listen to it? You know, like in what format? And he goes, oh, I'm subscribed to you guys on iTunes. He's like, so, and he just pulled out his phone and just showed me how it just pops up into his podcast list. So, well, uh, so that's, uh, yeah. We're, yeah, so that's if good. you subscribe to us on iTunes, you don't have to do anything except plug in your iPhone every right. now and then, then uh, or your iPod or your right. whatever. Um, and speaking of talking to people at the bar about the podcast, uh, a couple of days ago, um, these two guys came and sat down and, you know, I was working back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, you just kind of overhear people's conversation. And uh, one of the guys was talking about having watched the new Justice League cartoon and what he thought about it and how he thought it was really well written and whatever. And so I started talking. Have you to watched him. it? I have not. Um, so, but I started talking to him about it a little bit. Um, and then I... Just the, I was dropping in comments a little bit, you know, left and right, and they were like, "Oh, um, you know, we're sorry, we're super nerds." And I was like, "Oh, well, then you should follow us. Uh, you should follow my podcast. You should check it out." So hopefully they've gone to the website. But did someone then jump in behind you guys and just go start going nerds, nerds, uh, well, you, nerds, kind of nerds? Yeah, the, nerds. The, the other bartender I was working with, she is uh, she is not a nerd. Um, super cool, but you know, this is stuff that's like outside of her realm. So she had really no idea. And I basically stopped working. And so she's come... firmly grounded in real life. Correct. Yeah, she has a social life too. So I, I, I basically planted my elbows on my side of the bar. And then we nerded out for about the last two hours that we, are, we were open. And so uh, when Do these... you guys nerd make out? Uh, almost, man. It was, it was, yeah, the conversational equivalent of uh, French kissing. But So when they were leaving, I guess Jessica was outside, um, like, you know, tearing down the patio. And 
she was like, thanks guys for coming in. Hope you enjoyed, you know, geeking out with, uh, with Adam. And they're like, yeah, it was good. We had a good time. And she was like, I had no idea what you guys were talking about. And I was, I have never been less attracted to five guys in my life. <laughs> yeah. well, so there's that. But yeah, that's those, those cool. Guys. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. It's super cool guys. So yeah. Um, so big couple weeks, last couple weeks have been big for TV. Um, yeah. You know, like I see Arrested Development back out, back on. There's season right. four on Netflix streaming. Um, the Office is over. I know. That's um, huge. I know. And, and I really liked that show. I liked, obviously, the British one is, is, is brilliant oh TV. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, but I really was a big fan of the American one. I think, obviously, it lost a little steam when Steve Carell left, and that's understandable. Yeah. Um, but the the last episode was they did it really well. They you know they had a, you know I always think it's like the Seinfeld moment. They have the they had the, the best of show where they interview the cast and they talk about how great it was to make right. to make all that money and you know become famous. And, sure, and, and yeah, be part and of a, start a lot of careers. Yeah, it would be yeah. part of a really interesting show too. I mean, yeah. um, and then they had the finale finale, which was like an hour long, and it was really it was really touching. I cried twice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> two times, not just once. Old Yeller, but twice. And it was, it was, I never, it was a a moment, the second moment, I never would have thought coming. It was actually when, when Dwight, who was getting married, turns, or when Jim goes, oh, I can't be your best man because I, you know, he was making some luck because he knew, obviously, that Michael was about to really make an appearance. Dwight had no idea at this point. And he, he, the camera pans to the, to the, the doorway and Michael's standing there and Dwight goes, Michael, you came. And Michael Scott said, that's what she said. Awesome. And that's what made me cry. Yeah. It was that moment. Sure. It was, it was just perfectly yeah. encapsulated, that whole TV show in that moment. It was well done. It was really, po- it was poetic almost. It was touching. It was funny and it was cheesy all at and the same time. it was time. Michael Scott. So yeah, that's what she said. That's um, what she said. And then also, aside from The Office, we had um, Game of Thrones. Well, no, we didn't actually. Right. And much to my chagrin. So I, my Sunday ritual is, you know, we close early on Sunday nights. And so when I go home, I normally, I can't go to bed right away. And so it's perfect Sundays because Game of Thrones is on. Right. So I go home, mix a little, make a little natter, you know, make some food, go and plop down and get ready to watch Game of Thrones. St- you know, like turn on the, the computer, go to HBO, go. Nothing. It's not there. Right. And then I was like, what is happening? This is fucking ridiculous. Right. So then, of course, I go straight to Google and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it comes, it's back on June 2nd. Right. And I, you know, I had one of those Darth Vader moments where I was just like, no, <laughs> I, you know, earth shattering, uh, like house rattling. You were no. smashing things off, throwing that cat through the window. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, it, so. I had a lot of friends in Ireland query the same thing because they're pretty much right on schedule as we are now. Um, and why isn't Game of Thrones on Sunday? Right, yeah. And they didn't obviously realize that was the holiday weekend. And, and they're like, no, you damn Americans with your weekend holidays. Oh, yeah. So speaking of Memorial Day. I, this customer at the bar the other day was, uh, he, he was pissed. He was bl- like a nine to fiver. And he was like, oh man, can't believe I have to work on Monday. I have to work the holiday. I have to work Memorial Day. And I was like, oh man, were you going to spend the day just remorsing and remembering <laughs> our fallen soldiers? <laughs> well, of course he was. Well, I'm sure he was, yeah. Um, you know, lots of shower crying. Yeah. But this was on Memorial Day while I was working. <laughs> keep, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> That, so, did you did you tell him at no, all about your know, history? No, okay, no, no, yes, from We didn't, we didn't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Game of Thrones. So it's ending soon. Next yeah. episode is the finale. Yeah, next one is the penultimate. Yeah, and then the, and then the finale. The, the last finale. Yeah, but so, uh, I haven't yeah. read the book, so I'm yeah. I'm in the dark. I, I, at this point, I'm completely in the dark as well. So, um, 
But you are caught up on on the Doctor Who, though, right? I am big Doctor Who news. Hello. God, I mean, it's we could probably donate a whole show to Doctor Who if we wanted and to. And we probably will at some yeah. point, maybe uh, around the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, that's a great idea. Um, and then I can celebrate, and you can commiserate. Right. Um, but yeah, Doctor Who. We had a couple of episodes happen. Uh, the last two, actually, uh, the Neil Gaiman one um, aired, which uh, this is, this will be the second one that uh, Neil Gaiman has done, um, and on, and it was. Um, uh, what's it called? And the first one was The Doctor's Wife. The first one was The Doctor's Wife. Brilliant. A Nightmare in Silver. Doctor's Wife was great. Yeah. Very entertaining, very funny. And, you know, you could, re- if you sat someone down and watched the whole season, you could definitely, that person, I think, would definitely be able to pick that one out as the best episode of that yeah, season. Absolutely. And just a different tone, you know? Um, because Neil Game is brilliant, you know? But uh, And I've heard that this season ha- doesn't, hasn't had that standout episode no. yet, too. So, and, and obviously hoping that the Neil Gaiman episode Gaiman. would be A right. Nightmare in Silver, Cybermen. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the re-envisioning of the Cybermen yeah. compared to the way they used to look, but that's another story. Right. Um, not as good. Um, not as good as The Doctor's Wife. Um, you know, just, it was good. It was funny in places. Um, you know, but still, like, this whole season for me has been, you know, a, a throwaway, to be honest. Uh, Warwick Davis was in it, which is interesting. Um, I guess, you know, he's such yeah. a, uh, you know, he's been in so many different things in the geek universe and um, but funny that the last episode, the last thing he I saw him in was that Ricky Gervais series, Life Too Short. Oh my god! So I just kept imagining this awful, self-involved uh, personality. So it was kind of, <laughs> he's almost pigeonholed himself, pigeonholed himself, you know, with this, with this, uh, with that particular show. But it, it was, it was good. It was okay, you know. Yeah. Um, not great. But Seems to be a running theme with you in the, the season of Doctor Who. Yeah, I'd be glad when it's over. Well, Which it, it you is don't like Matt Smith, I think, is no. the big one. The season finale, though, was interesting. More, I guess. Um, the whole Clara and Possible Girl thing was resolved to a point. And then, um, at the very end, we seen um, Sir John Hart. Right. Isn't he a sir? Uh, he should be. He should be. So let's just say he is. Let's say he is, yeah. So we saw Sir John Hart at the end, and he was obviously some other incarn- incarn- incarnation of the Doctor. Um, because it, you know, it came up at the end. John Hurt as the Doctor. So, right. um, but what, what is the? And there's a lot of speak out there on forums and stuff about, well, who is he? How is he the Doctor? How can they exist in two timelines at the same time? But they've done that before. Right. Well, maybe you know? they're leading up for the. But it's because they're going to have to be. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. a big lead up till the till the the fiftieth anniversary, 50th. and then also the finale on the fin- well the season finale, which is the the Christmas special on Christmas Day. Right. But. You know, is is he is he the Valyard? You know what the Valyard is? I don't think I do. Um, the Valyard was in a Peter Davidson episode when he first came to light. Um, he was um, on Gallifrey when Peter, it was um, the trial of the Time Lord, where Peter Davidson was on trial for crimes. Peter, the Peter Davidson Doctor. Sure. And then the prosecutor turned out to be an incarnation of the Doctor himself from the future. Oh. Um, but he wasn't a good guy. Right. And they're kind of alluding to that now. And he's alluded to that in this in reimagining that there's sometimes it, some of his, you know, regenerations aren't necessarily that good, or maybe he's like making up for things that he's done in the past or the future. I don't know; it's not clear yet. Yeah, but yeah. It, I mean, it could, it, you know, it's one of the reasons why I keep coming back to the show because it's, it's, it's they still they can reinvent themselves over and over and over again, just like the Doctor reinvents himself. Yeah. Over and over well, again. speaking of reinventions, um, are you familiar? You're familiar with the uh, Peter Cushion Doctor. Doctor Who, right? I am. Yeah. yeah. I just I don't know how that slipped me or how two, that passed two me by. Two movies. I think maybe yeah, two movies. The um, was it the well crap. What's the name of the um, 
Doctor Who and the Daleks. And Doctor Who and the Daleks and Dalek Invasion. Yeah, yeah. And how it was kind of removed from the what we consider Doctor Who canon. Right. Because he see, was a human. Yeah. First of all, he wasn't Gallifreyan. Right. Um, he was... His, William Hartnell-esque, you know? Yeah. Which is right in the same time that William Hartnell was the Doctor on BBC TV. I mean, his, he, he was, like, if he had a name tag, his name tag would say Doctor... You know who? W H O was his last name. Mister Who. Mister Who. Yeah, he, yeah. He had children. He had a granddaughter. I mean, right. it was really weird. But then but William Hartnell called his first assistant his granddaughter too. So maybe he was a reimagining of the William Hartnell Doctor. But they didn't allude to him being from Earth. Right. I mean, I I don't know. It was um, the films were really good. I really enjoyed them. Um, yeah. They looked good. They were, as you said earlier on, they were in film as opposed to video. Yeah, color um, instead of black. Yeah, and white. they were released in the cinema. At least back over there in the UK, um, but th- those those I, I enjoyed those, and if you haven't seen them, you should check them out. Yeah, I'm going to. I guess there's a documentary that came out um, either late '90s or early 2000 called Dalek Mania, where mm-hmm. they talk about that. It's it's basically a documentary about those two movies together. Um, so yeah, look into that. I'm yeah, going to look into you that. can so see that a lot more that. money to spend, so yeah. everything looked a lot better. Yeah, but you notice though in, in any episode where they kind of flip back through the Doctor's timeline. They never show the Peter Cushing. They show the Paul McGann, who's oh, yeah. in that American-made TV movie, but they never show the Peter Cushing one. So maybe he was supposed to be William Hartnell, just on the big screen. I don't know. It's hard to say. And there must yeah. be a story there why they didn't, if they wanted to transplant the because that was such an early time for Doctor Who. They probably did. They had obviously no idea that it was going to go on and become this huge TV sensation. Right. So why wasn't William Hartnell then, you know, himself play the Doctor, if in if that was the embodiment of who he was. And I don't think the they count Peter Cushing when, they, when they've numbered the doctors. No, he's not he's, in that he's number. Still, this is a still 11, so he would be 12. Yeah. Um, but speaking of 11, he's announced that he's done. Yeah. Mr. 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 Big Chin yeah. himself, Mr. Matt Smith. How do you feel about it? Uh, I, I think it's, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I was, oh. fine, you know, like, no, I don't, not because I like or dislike Matt Smith, but because I think that's, you know, the nature of the show, which kind of takes me back to the Iron Man um, for one second. One reason I love James Bond is that it's it's not serialized. You know, anybody could play, not anybody, but, you know, you, you can have a James Bond movie and have a new actor in it, and no one goes bananas. No. No one goes You don't crazy. have to explain it away. Yeah, you know, you might go, man, you know, I really like Daniel Craig, but I think so-and-so is perfect casting for this for this role. And people are, you know, like, well, they can't do Iron Man if, you know, Robert Downey Jr. just it. Why? You could have an Iron Man movie. You know, I just have it because there's the Iron Man's been around for 30 years, right? Or, or almost 30 years, I guess. But um, yeah, you, and there's plenty of story to pull from. So I feel the same way about Doctor Who. It's like, okay, it's time, move on to a new Doctor, a new character. Is new... it time, though? Do you think it is time? You think? Are sure. You, are you done with him? I'm done with him. I've been done with him since the first episode. Oh uh, no! See, I, I enjoy. I think I've I've enjoyed Matt Smith a lot. It, it, it took me a while to warm up to it, but that was just coming off of David Tennant. But that's the thing, yeah. You know, and so I think the same thing is going to happen is. You know, with Matt Smith, is they're going to someone that's going to have incredibly large shoes to fill because they're still going to be comparing him to David Tennant, and then and there are people out there who are going to be comparing to Matt Smith, and so he's open to more criticism. You know, right. Christopher Eccleston was only around for one season. We didn't really have enough time to get attached to his character, his portrayal, his blue-collar Doctor Who. Right. And then David Tennant came in and was much more charismatic, and you know, just completely nailed the role. It was perfect. But he was around for four or five seasons. I mean, it was. Yeah, he I mean, was it was, a, for it was quite a, pretty, a while. pretty long run. Right. So everybody got familiar with him, got to know him, connected with him, got emotionally attached to him, and then jumps in Matt Smith, 
who now he has got to live up to David Tennant, where David Tennant didn't really have a lot to live up to with Christopher, Christopher Eccleston. Right. Now this new guy, he's got, or she, or, you know, however they go, uh, has even bigger shoes to fill. So well, yeah, I mean, for the general public, he does. Because yeah. I think Matt Smith has become one of the most popular doctors ever, I think, right behind Tennant. But I still, you know, everybody that I talk to, when we talk Doctor Who, Doctor Who, I even when I wear the shirt with the owls, people always point, like, oh, there's my doctor, and they always point right to David Tennant. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say Tom Baker, make no, my day. No, no, uh, no. I think that's Tom Baker's how they identify the shirt as Doctor Who. But then, what, you know, because the scarf is in a weave through all the owls. But David Tennant was brilliant. And, you know, you're right. I don't like Matt Smith. I never liked Matt Smith. And a, a lot of the reason probably was because he was right after David Tennant. Yeah. And then I'm holding him up to that. Correct. That example. I mean, I'm, I, I understand and that's fine. that. And that's, I mean, well, also, he's so fucking annoying, too. Timey-wimey. Stick it up your arse. I yeah. mean, I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I mean, he's too wacky. He's too zany. And then when he's getting off at River Song in the in the fin- in the season finale, there it was just weird because he's so young. Not that it's bad that he's young. I don't care. But in some ways, it's it is kind of bad because the Doctor is supposed to be this embodiment of all the knowledge in the universe, almost. You know, this super super. But it, g- t- it seems genius. to have the, the whole Benjamin Button disease here because he started with really right. old doctors. Right. And as he well, they're trying to appeal to a younger person. Younger. They're sure. trying to appeal to a younger, which is fine. I understand it has to stay on the air. That's great, but. Right. I, I would hope that this time they do something a little bit different. Maybe it's a girl. Maybe it's a woman. I wouldn't be a, a, opposed to that. I think that would be interesting to see. Sure. It would be brave. The thing with Matt Smith, he used a sonic screwdriver every episode to solve every freaking problem. Right. I just watched um, uh, uh, the John Pertwee uh, recently, which was very long <laughs> and boring to be honest he never used a sound screwdriver once i just watched a peter davidson just recently he pulled out a sound screwdriver screwdriver to do something but he couldn't figure it, it, the sound screwdriver has become the ultimate weapon you know what i mean it's, right. it can do freaking anything and well, that's it's like the lightsaber in star wars right you know it's, what i mean like you it progressively got used more and more and more and more and more right you but know, it, it was, you know if 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 they're going to stay true to the character you have to look at the continuity and right. they never used the sound screwdriver as much as matt smith no one has ever Right. You know, it's just, it's, it's always in his bloody It's hand. always intellect over brute force. Yeah, it's always in his hands, always in his hands, always in his hands. You know, yeah. I want to see something different. And, you know, the fedora, okay, the bow tie, it's not that cool, man. He kept on saying it, it never convinced me. Right. And never, he didn't make bow ties cool. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he's gone. Okay. I will be, I won't be crying like I was a few Christmases ago when David Tennant said goodbye. Sure. Uh, obviously, I cry a lot. It's the second say, time I've seen a box of Kleenex by your, by your I'm couch. Always, I'm always an emotional person. What can I say? Uh, but yeah, I won't be. Yeah, it'll be. I'll be excited to see. Yeah, I'm know, excited too. And I hope I don't hear. I mean, it's hard now with leaks and everything, but the showrunners for Doctor Who are really, really particular about that, and they're trying to keep everything on the wraps. And I would sure. hope that I don't even want to know who it is. And I think that's almost impossible. Oh man, it's really difficult. You know, yeah. all it takes c- is one person on the, the set to yeah. tweet it, and then. Done. I know it's it's kind of sad, really. I mean, yeah. I think, but um, I don't know, that's Doctor Who. But in keeping on Doctor Who, I did watch uh, the uh, the the Doctor Who Revisited series being continue on, which are going to lead up to all the way to November, I guess. Yeah. And they got I did John Pertwee's on, Tom Baker's been on, and then Peter Davison was just on. But I finally because they're three hours long, it's a lot. How are they going to do three hours of Paul McGann? I know they can't. <laughs> I mean, the, usually the first half an hour is a you know, a kind of a talking heads thing. Right. Where they interview the actor and then they talk about him and then the show current showrunners and people who are involved at that time are actors 
you know, kind of like a DVD extra type of thing. Right. And they talk about that character and what he brought to the Doctor. And it was great. You know, it's been, you know, they, Tom, Tom Baker was talking about him. Peter Davis was talking about his Doctor. And Pertwee, of course, is dead. John Pertwee was dead. He died a few years ago. Um, but he, so he wasn't available. Um, but everyone else talked about it. And it was, it was good. But, um, I, you know, they do, they do a half hour and then they do two and a half hours down of, a, of an episode. Because usually anywhere, Doctor Who episodes were anywhere from three to five to six episodes. Sure. You know, week you know you would see like a half an hour you know each week on Saturdays so I, I watched the John Perry it took me a while I fell asleep I'm not going to lie a few <laughs> times during it a um, few separate occasions like a, uh, like the kids are in bed or you know I have a moment I'll watch a bit of it and then I'll fall asleep and turn it off and go back to it now it was one of the most interesting foes it was the showroom dummy ones where the showroom dummies come out they're kind of creepy yeah. I get that it was Spearhead from Space was the episode was the, the episode they showed Um. And it was the first time he called himself John Smith. That was the first time he ever called oh, himself yeah. John Smith. It was actually the first uh, Pertwee um, take on Doctor Who. It was the, he, he regenerated the end of the last one um, from Patrick Troutman into John Pertwee. It was a lot of firsts for this one. It was the first one in color. It was the first one on film. So it was filmed and not video. Right. So, like I said, a lot of firsts. Um, he had the vintage car. He got the cape on, which I'm a huge fan of. We touched on yeah, that in the first episode. Yeah. I love the cape. It makes him a superhero. He had the hat. He was kind of debonair. It was 1970. Um, the problem, the main, main problem was, it wasn't that it was acted well, but the main problem was the sound was fucking atrocious. Oh, yeah. It was like that's they all, were in a swimming pool. It was kind of like this. Hold on. Hold on a second. It was kind of like... Hello, Doctor. Can you hear me? This is the Brigadier. Um, they were, it was like they were in like in the toilet for the whole two and a half hours. I, I couldn't. I had to turn my TV up to like what, up to eleven, if you like, to to try and decipher what they were saying. Um, terrible sound quality. Right. Um, someone they needed to remaster it or something. I don't know. But uh, and 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 not great, boring because of that. I mean, that didn't help, but. Like I said, it was kind of tough to get through. Um, but you did. You did I it. did get through. Did. The things we do for you listeners. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Countless hours. <laughs> you talk about. But uh, yeah, that's that's Doctor Who, and you know we'll see in November. I know Tennant is in the the 50th anniversary. Yeah, we're really excited Billy, about that. Billy Piper's in it. Um, I'm sure there'll be other guests and surprises as uh, stars. I I know that I don't think any of the other former Doctors are in it though. Eccleston's not in it. Yeah. Um, no Pertwee obviously is dead. <laughs> Tom Baker, he's not in it. Peter Davis, Colin Baker's not in it. I mean, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And then the Christmas Day is the is the goodbye, the, the goodbye, fond farewell. Is a Christmas Mr. present for David. A great Christmas present for me. But I always say, better the devil you know. Well, we'll see about that. Right. So that was Doctor Who, and now we're going to talk about. Well, what else is going on in the yeah. in the nerdosphere this past right. yeah past couple? Of what weeks. has interested you and me and us together? Uh, well, I'm going to pose a question to you real quick. Go ahead. You've seen the Superman trailer. I haven't. Either. In the first half of the trailer, he's beardy. In the second half of the yes. trailer, when he's, he's on the clean shaven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm pose this question to you. How does he shave? <laughs> um, I mean, like, like it was something that I thought about the other day. I was, was when I saw the trailer, I was like, "How does Superman shave?" I mean, you know, if he's meant to be invincible, right? You and know, as you saw in Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, Lex Luthor um, cloned uh, what was his name? Solar Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thir- Nuclear Man. Nuclear Man. Nuclear Man. Yeah. From the strand of hair he stole from the museum from the Smithsonian, which was holding up 
a 1,000 ton keg bar, keg, or 1,000 ton barbell. Right. Um, so indestructible hair. Indestructible hair, right. I can't use a razor more than four times before it gets dull. So, um, so, so as I was I've got thinking it. about this, yeah. He uses Wolverine's claws. Well, that would make sense. I mean, that's about the only way. But if you really want to find out, Marvel um, team up. Go to uh, howdosupermanshave.com. Okay, this, there, uh, that is the thing. Yeah, I, I stumbled across <laughs> it. It's a promotion for the. Uh, they're obviously promoting the new, new movie, but it's a uh, it's a YouTube channel, and it's got uh, Adam Savage and Jamie, Jamie Heineman from MythBusters given their like practical application oh. of how they think their theory on how Superman. So, but it's actually it's a promotional tool from the the with, studio. Yeah, with like Gillette, I think, or or yeah, I think it's <laughs> Gillette. Um, but yeah, the MythBusters give their like practical, you know, like how they think it is. Bill Nye has a has a theory. Um, Kevin Smith has a theory using his like you know comic book knowledge background, the history of like Superman, like things that he he's vulnerable to, you know, like you can't use kryptonite because it's lethal to him, and you know he said that he's seen once where Superman uses a mirror and uses heat vision to like shave, and he's like he thinks that's bollocks. Um, Mayim Balik, who was um, uh, Blossom, and she's on the yeah. We won't talk about the show. Boo. Right, right. Um, she's has a degree in neuroscience, so she gets she has a theory. Uh, and then you can kind of go and vote and see like whose theory you believe. I like that. It's really clever. It's pretty cool. But it's also it seems overly scripted to me. You know, like, uh-huh. um, but it's it's not bad. I mean, like it's, us, it's a prom- we're overly scripted. We are overly scripted. <laughs> I'm reading from a script right now as I speak. Period. Um, yeah, of course, too it's, much. I, you know what? It's it's cool as far as you know, like getting the hype up for Superman. But it was funny because it was a question I thought of, and then like when I went online, that you know that night. I saw like a little banner ad for like how does Superman shave, and I was like, "Fuck, that's yeah. fortuitous." So you know, clicked on it and followed it, and it's um, it's worth a look. Cool, so. that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's that's uh, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, you should check it out too. Um, wh- what else do you got, man? What else has been have you kind of? Uh, I came across you? a blurb from um, somebody was interviewing M Night for the uh, After Earth premiere, and they, which I keep forgetting that he's had to do with that. Yeah, most it. most people do. Most people do. Um, but he did, I guess, allude in a like one sentence blurb to an unbreakable sequel. Shut your face. Yeah, I mean, he didn't give any. He didn't say anything about it, like whether it's you know he's penning it or whether it's you know he's got any ideas. Um, but it, it's on his mind. Which I is, loved which, that film. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. So I mean, there's that's pretty cool to look forward to. For me, that's the best film he's done. Yeah, um, Sixth Sense I liked, but I figured it out, or someone had told me. Yeah. Um. Uh. But Unbreakable, I love that film. Unbreakable I thought that was so low key, and Bruce Willis was great in it. Robin Wright was great in it. Of course, you had the Samuel L. Jackson was amazing. And yeah. Mr. Glass, I loved that film. Yeah. Um. So for him to be thinking of doing a sequel, I think is a great idea for a start. And you know, perhaps it will help him kind of regain some of that kind of uh, unbreakable box office wow. movie karma wow. that he ha- used to have. Because yeah. now he everything he t- touches turns to shite, which is a shame. Because I'm a huge fan of M. Night Shyamalan. I think he's an interesting character, and I think he's a very smart fella. And he may, he he's a good storyteller. He's just he's just got too almost. He got a little self-involved, and I think if he's going to make any more movie, it's it's going to have to. He's going to have to see. I mean, it goes back to my theory: that Hollywood will not. Right. I, don't, I don't think they're going to give him any more money to make right. original he films. Needs, he needs collaborators. He needs like a. A steady, you know, hand to kind of rein in his shite. Sometimes I think he just, he, I don't know, he he just goes overboard or he goes, 
too into too much mysticism and it just doesn't translate well. He needs a collaborator. He sure. needs like a Kathleen Kennedy or uh, I don't know Christopher Nolan. I mean, who's now who's obviously producing the Superman film, yeah. and looks like that's a great thing because Zack Snyder needs some writing in too, as, as far as I'm concerned. So, that, I think that would be great. I I would love to see an Unbreakable too. Yeah. Like uh, I said, it's just a. It's I mean, there was no. He didn't give anything away. He didn't say you know that he's. It just it's on his mind, and which that gives us hope. So. Well, brilliant. Cool. Um, the Guardians Galaxy, interesting casting last week. I haven't seen that. Who's in it? Who's um, who, I mean, I haven't seen who's going to be in it. Who, who, who would you Well, they, they've casted um, Glenn Close is on board. Okay. Um, yeah, she's uh, supposed to be like the leader of the... Um, Oscar-winning Glenn Close? Oscar-winning Glenn Close, yeah. The Nova Corps, she's going to be like a commander or some, something like that. Uh, Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec. Great, like that um, guy. As, uh, I, I think they've said that Star-Lord is who he's going to be playing. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, see who else just recently Benicio Del Toro just uh, like right. yesterday or the day before they've casted him um, Karen Gillian from um, Doctor Who fame yeah um, yeah it's, it's so it's shaping up nicely I mean they've got a rock solid cast uh, in place um, uh, also um, the, the girl from Star Trek and Avatar uh, Zoe Zoe Summer yeah, yeah. Um, she's also I think on board Zaldana is that it yeah Zaldana. that yeah. sounds about right yeah so that's a lot of movie franchises. For oh, one as who did I just say? Uh, she is going to be playing Crackers. I fucking forgot. Gamora is that her name? I, I, ah, I've shit. never read Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. Okay. I always thought it was ridiculous. We talked about this before right. with the whole Rocket Raccoon thing. Yeah, it just seems stupid to me in a, in a Marvel comic book. Yeah. So I just never, I never had any interest in it. Yeah. Uh, if it gets an R rating, it's going to be amazing. So, which is unlikely. <laughs> I don't think it will, though. Let's um, be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess there's been some stills released from Winter Soldier and. Yeah, Spider-Man. I saw those. Um, Captain America, America ne- next film, which comes out next year, I believe. It uh, looks interesting. I mean, it's hard to tell. Um, uh, uh, Black Widow's in it. Yeah. Um, Falcon's in it. That's good. Yeah, so yeah. I like that. And of course, you know, Winter Soldier, Bucky. Right, you know the whole thing. Yeah, uh, and I always like the Winter Soldier vibe, so I think that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think again, Captain America is kind of underutilized in the Avengers film. Uh, but then again, I don't know if Chris Evans has the gravitas to kind of pull off how I think Cap should be. Sure, you know, someone that you know, like a god. You yeah, know, I think he just needs some years on him. That's all. Right, yeah. you know, he looks too young. Too young. And then of course we and we've talked about this, but then sure. the whole crossover with Fantastic Four. We talked about Fantastic Four earlier on, which was a disaster that oh, was. Oh, and too, also so. they're they're uh, rebooting that. Well, they need to do that. Yeah. They need to let's just wipe the slate clean. That's just you know so underutilizing one of the one of the most popular you know cast of characters in the Marvel universe, yeah. and there's no reason why it can't be absolutely fantastic. <gasps> oh, oh, I'm just man, full of puns today, yeah, dude. Jesus. What's up with that? That's brutal. Um, and then and uh, Xbox One, right, coming out. Yeah. And before the end of the year, dollar price three hundred ninety nine bucks is what they're kind of saying right now, which will be actually fifty dollars more expensive than the PlayStation Four. And I'm not a PlayStation guy; I haven't been since. So I had the first one years ago, but I haven't had one since then. Right. Xbox is my my video system, but sure. uh, I think that this is it's interesting because when PlayStation Three came out, that was way overpriced compared to Xbox, and then Xbox kind of crushed it because of it. But this is the the first time that Xbox will be actually a bit more expensive than PlayStation. Right, but I mean, if you if you think about it being bundled with the Connect, like it's all going right. to be one unit. I mean, you're hence the getting, name. It's yeah. Xbox 
One. Three, uh-huh. but it's called Xbox One, one. Yeah, because it's, it's all, all in one. They're right. so smart, those crazy marketing guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all your media in one very, very smart box, which will have voice recognition. It will recognize you and recognize your gestures, um, which is obviously connected through the Connect. It's Skynet. It is. It's the first step to Skynet. Yeah, That's you, exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so if you yeah if you go to xbox.com you can check out the 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 promo for it it's really interesting i mean they have first of all you have a you know it's the whole marketing thing or the whole system seems to be based off that um i'm a pc thing where they have you know regular people improving pc improving the pc and this xbox system is what they're kind of expanding on that is when did the xbox 360 come out do you know what year it was no it was let's see i have one it's got to be five years ago at least five years, yeah. I, five years or more, right? right? Like six years ago, probably. Right. Maybe. So, yeah. so essentially, right now, with you, you and I were playing the Xbox, we're using a six-year-old computer. That's crazy. To play our video games. That's I bullshit. Mean, Why are we doing that? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. So, I mean, it can't help but be, you know, better graphics, better processor, better, you know, all, all that stuff is right. going to be. Upgraded. Controllers the same though. Well, very similar. similar which is per- yeah. you, have you have to. I mean, you have yeah. to keep it the same. I mean, people are used to playing their. Con- That's why I don't play PlayStation because I don't know the you controller. You need to learn new buttons. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not, I can't do yeah. that. So I think that you know, if you watch the promo, you have, um, uh, you know, multiple a guy standing there, you know, and he's given the you know the kind of Steve Jobs like um, presentation, and he goes. Xbox movie, and then a movie pops on. Xbox game, and then a game pops on. Can he say Xbox porn? Uh, and then some oh, porn pop somebody, on? Somebody, somebody will. Can he say Xbox kill him and point to his buddy in the room, and then the Xbox kind of just gr- pops, pops claws and just kind of walks over on the guy's face and sucks the brain from him? I mean, or. Eventually. Well, that's, as we said, Skynet. Skynet, yeah. It's gonna Skynet, be the Borg. Yeah. I mean, this is the beginning of the uh, machine revolution. Be careful of your Xbox That's One. Starts. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also they, they had different bits and pieces kind of connected to it, where they showed um, a little promo video for a live-action Halo TV show, which they're bringing out, right. which Steven Spielberg has created. Are you were were aware of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think that's great. You know, obviously Steven Spielberg's the master, but he hasn't had a lot of luck with TV shows. Smash currently on NBC is something that he created. Right. So I don't know right. how excited. But Spielberg I am did for amazing Halo stories TV in the eighties, right? He, he did, and that was kind of and, revolutionary. Yeah, that was great. So maybe that's you know. Well, let's hope it's more. If he gets more into fantastic, you know, and less Smash. Yeah. On TV. I don't like about the Xbox about being connected to the internet and having to be connected to the internet in order to play, even if it's once a day. I don't like the fact that if you buy a game, only your Xbox can play that game. Yeah. And they said that the Kinect can recognize how many different people are playing that game on an Xbox, and so only so many people. I mean, I understand like the game makers are using it right. because they're probably losing money. Right. Be, but you know, like games are sixty bucks a piece, seventy bucks a piece. Right. I, I, and I can't imagine how many well, what the sales are at like you know the used game stores and how much used games are out there. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. And yeah. it's going to be, yeah, that's going to change the industry completely. And, yeah. you know, also you're going to have to probably, or a way of discounting the systems, they might lock you into internet. Um, it's going to open up a whole new stream of revenue for multiple people connected to it. Like, it, you might have to be locked in for, you know, almost like a cell phone um, agreement, you know. Maybe you lock in for two years on Xbox Live, yeah. and then you might get a discount on your system or a discount on games or whatever. I mean, there's... 
obviously they're they've, they're gonna make an awful lot of money on this and there's sure. multiple ways for them to make you know a lot an awful lot of money like you know because they need more money i wonder how that's going to affect like internet service providers are the yeah. rates going to go up because they know well you have to have this service or do you have to have a particular service for a particular game system yeah do you can you you have to have google fiber if you want to use you know microsoft equipment well let's be honest everyone should be using google fiber well, not only in Kansas City people can right now. Well, yeah. So anyone who's listening to this outside of Kansas City, tough shit. Aside from Austin and San Francisco, we've already had it. But yeah. Uh, what what else? There was something else too that we we're gonna that you said uh, was that something happened in England. Yeah, I um I read this is a, a little while ago. I read um about the this woman who dresses the Hulk beat up some other woman on the streets of York. So in cosplay, she just decided. To... Yeah, like she had the red hair, fully green, made up tatter clothing beat up some girl other girl oh, outside of a bar right yeah, yeah that's right I'm sure there was yeah. there was some, some booze involved. involved yeah you know yeah. for one she was dressed as the Hulk right so. maybe she was just so in character or was she coming from a convention and she was so in character that she said someone said something to her and she just went Hulk smash yeah. um, but the She-Hulk was funny because the She-Hulk was um, she could speak she was um, she was his cousin and then she got a blood transfusion from him and then you know, she was never like a, a savage. Right. She was just, she just turned into this really hot. She was lucid of, pretty much all the time. Yeah, right, yeah. Amazon-esque green woman. And the, the, I have a weird thing with the She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, I used to collect the comic book uh, when John Byrne wrote it. And it was short-lived, you know. And I talked about this in the first podcast of Ahoy. And it was funny. It was a comedic sure. comic book. John Byrne wrote and, and, and inked it. Um, or and penciled it. But it was, I think the She-Hulk was the first comic book character I considered jerking off of. Yeah, I mean, if I think back on that, she was probably the first, and I don't think I ever actually did. Right, but it, but it, it was in the back of your mind. Definitely crossed my mind. Right, that yeah, I could. Mm. Had a thing now, for She-Hulk. that's taking a step into a different nerd universe. I think that's like, I mean, that's going. Once you test those waters, then yeah, you're in. You're, you're in, in deep. Yeah, yeah, you're in deep and over your head. Yeah. And then there's a, I mean, I could be open myself with the right, whole like kind of world of depravity. Scale it back and run outside and kick a football around or something yeah. just to kind of like balance it out. Yeah. You know, get into a fight or, you know, right. make out with a real girl. I mean, I don't know, but that, yeah, but I definitely, it crossed my mind, I remember. So that's, so obviously, literally, when I saw this uh, news article, that jumped out at me, literally. I was like, oh, She-Hulk, hmm, she, hmm, dressed the She-Hulk. Yeah. But that would be amazing. And then a cat fight, She-Hulk cat fight. She-Hulk cat Suddenly fight. Suddenly they have, they're about in their underwear and they have pillows and there's feathers everywhere. I don't know, we're going down the wrong road the here. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on. I All think. right, moving on. All right, so this is the final segment of our show, kind of. We're coming towards the end of it. And then we're going to end like we usually do with, uh, with this particular thing, which is uh, movies that are shit that I love. Right. Um, now, if you've been listening before, you're obviously aware of what this is. This is a film that generally is panned or most people think is awful but i actually really really like yeah, it no, i lot. can't wait um, for whatever reason so and then oh, i always get excited because davy doesn't has, tell yeah. me what these Ooh, are so it's our little secret um, yes. so adam has no idea so this week um it is uh might be surprising it's not science fiction or fantasy it's uh it's a buddy movie okay specifically a cop buddy movie uh, starring sylvester stallone and Kurt Russell in Tango oh, and Cash. Tango and Cash. Now, earlier on you said, are you sure I would have seen this right. film? And obviously everyone in the world has seen Tango and Cash. Yes. Um, I, this is, the dialogue's bad, 
Oh yeah. For the most part. Um, this it, guy broke my leg, <laughs> my neck, and my jaw. You broke that jaw? I yeah. honestly though, I think that Stallone just looks so bad in this film. He just because he's trying to keep up with Kurt Russell, who's Kurt Russell's great in comedy. He's just a great actor. He's oh, one of yeah. my favorite no, actors of all time. Yeah, solid he's comedic actor. Great comedy. He's great in action. He's great series. He's just a great actor. You know, uh, Oscar nominated actor too for Elvis. So Stallone can't compete with Kurt Russell in my mind or uh, the majority of any regular thinking person. True. Yeah, but he was also Stallone was trying to play like a straight man with like a suit and glasses and yeah. he just wasn't buying it. Right. No, I mean, he was supposed to be super smart Wall Street ger- right. Wall Street kind of cop guy. Yeah. But anyway, Tango and Cash uh, with Kurt Russell and, uh, and Sylvester Stallone. Um, I think this, as I said, Kurt Russell kind of transcended this movie for me. Uh, really made Stallone look awful. And he had some great, great lines. Like, oh, yeah, like the did. shower, when they're in the shower in the prison, or, so, or he bends down and so what are you doing? And Kurt Russell goes, relax, just the soap, and don't flatter yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was cool because he was really poking fun at, at um, uh, Stallone, and I just loved that. And then when, when he punched out the guy who was still in martial arts, and he goes, I hate you karate guys. Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, that's classic, classic Yeah, lines. you know, this film gets referenced a lot in pop culture. Yeah. I mean, I, everywhere. Other movies, like The Simpsons, TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, and then Kurt Russell was in drag in this film, too. I mean, yes, he was. I've got a man crush on him, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets on the back of the, mo- the Terry Hatcher's motorcycle, yeah. who's Sylvester Stallone's sister in the film. Right. And then they had the whole thing, ongoing thing. Did you sleep my sister? Did you sleep my sister? I don't know. I was so drunk. And all I'm going to do now is repeat lines in the movie. It's right. just not it's what that this easy is about. To, Yeah, it's easy to do. <laughs> but, you know... They had Jack Palance was the bad guy in this film, one of the greatest bad guys ever in movie history. Yeah. And Jack Palance was the bad guy, and he was sufficiently Jack Palancey, chewing up the scenery, um, very creepy, you know, still quite intimidating as an older guy. Um, everyone, of course, has that image of him doing one handed push ups when he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor uh, for uh, that Billy Crystal film. What was that? Um, the one where they became cowboys. Oh, man. Anyway, you can find yeah. that out. Sure. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that film was called. But uh, also, there's a couple of other notable actors in it. Um, uh, Brian James was in it, who was best known in, uh, in his role of, in Blade Runner as the first replicant that oh, right. shot yeah. the guy at the start. Yeah. Um, he was in it, and he had a really bad... When I first saw it, I was like, is, this, is that an Australian accent? But I guess he was trying to do Cockney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such yeah, a bad Really accent. bad, that's right. Just yeah. a terrible... And he had a ponytail uh, and a terrible, terrible... Cockney Australian accent that just didn't seem to make sense. Right. Really bad. Um, but and then the Robert Czar was in it as well, who was the the kind of um, the 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 bad guy in the prison with the huge chin. Oh, this huge jaw, yeah. The yeah. huge, huge chin. Like was the he the guy driving chin. the the the, um, the the tractor trailer pulling the cocaine? With no, Stallone he, shoots at. He doesn't. He, no, he was just in the prison. He was the guy who was going to bump him off. I'm person. pretty sure the guy with the big chin was the one that came through the windshield in the tractor trailer. Was that at the end of the film? No, it was at the, it was the very beginning when oh, they're establishing yeah. the right. scene. It was. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's why and he that's wanted what he says, to get them. He broke my leg, my nose, and my jaw. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's a, and how? What a jaw. Anyway, but he, I mean, he looked like he had body modification done on his face oh, yeah. with that chin. I mean, did he go in there and he? Oh, did he go in there? Because it looked like an arse, a huge arse it on his face. It was a giant butt chain. So did he go in and go, oh, I need a, 
I need, I need an arse implant. And then they made a mistake and stuck it on the bottom of his face. And he just liked it so much that he had to keep it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, does he call it something? I bet he must have called he it something. Had he had to have a name, name yeah. for it. Yeah. But Robert Zarr was, is an interesting actor because he wasn't in an awful lot of things. But he was also in Maniac Cop, the Maniac Cop trilogy of movies. That's that kind of slasher film, right. which is underrated, I thought. I actually really liked that, those three movies. Specifically the first one. Um, but uh, So you haven't seen Maniac Cop, check it out. Uh, Terry Hatcher, as I said, was in it. And then, of course, um, Clint Howard was in it, who makes his appearance. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a Ron Howard-directed film. <laughs> but so how was, did he get that job? <laughs> great question. But he was the guy who was in Stallone's uh, prison cell. He wrapped up in a slinky. Right. When he threw the slinky through his, uh, his newspaper and he got so pissed off, he wrapped him in a slinky. Uh, so Clint Howard, who, for me, uh, my favorite ever Clint Howard uh, 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 appearance was in... Uh, an early original Star Trek episode where he was um, uh, it was the um, the Corbinite maneuver he was I got pulled that out of my arse there that was good the, the Corbinite maneuver he was the uh, the with the, the, the fake alien head sure uh, which became very famous because it was always at the end of that episode that you know when the credits were rolling it's on the fake alien right. circular head uh, and it turned out that it was just this kind of uh, small alien uh, who offered Kirk the Tranya? Would you like some Tranya? That kind of orange drink that I really wanted to drink. <laughs> so that's my favorite Clint Howard, uh, which is an offshoot of obviously Tangled and Cash and many other films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was that little alien who offered them Tranya in the Star Trek film, uh, Star Trek original series. If you, if anyone's ever watched that one. But yeah, I remember watching this years and years ago, in an old movie theater called the Carlton in Dublin, um, uh, which is closed down now sadly. But uh, yeah, Tangled and Cash is is definitely goes uh, adds on to my movies yeah earlier when you said shit. oh this is on the tv a lot this is uh you know it's on the tv quite a bit that's how i remember watching it was like on tnt or something yeah. i don't i know i didn't it's see it's probably the theater, on today yeah it probably is right now oh also he they used that that phrase foobar in it they sure did which is fucked up beyond all recognition, all recognition yeah. and i actually at the time was so impressed by the film and kurt russell that I tried to wedge that into my own vernacular somehow. All the time. So I would say it random times. Oh, that's Fubar. Well, and then the person I said to wouldn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Well, what do you mean? You know, fucked up beyond all recognition like I was cool. Right, right. And they'd be like... Did it ever catch on? No. Oh, and they'd be all like, yeah, it's probably Fubar that you just said Fubar. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so that's it. That's, um, that's, that's the, uh, the movies that I love that are shit for, for this particular time. It's Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. What An year did that flash. come out of? Just curious. I think it was 89, I think. Uh, very late 80s, I think, or early, uh, early 1990s. Uh, great, great film. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have time for you guys today. Um, we Sorry that we ran a little bit longer than we wanted to. Um, we're always up against it when we do this yeah we are you know, we just like to talk too much that's the problem yeah. that's not really a problem <laughs> but yeah th- but thanks for listening obviously uh, follow us on twitter at, at, at H uh, Space Invaders and, uh, and check us out on Facebook or uh, visit the website yeah thanks for finding us yeah. and uh, we'll see you next time alright good luck <laughs>